Let us pray. Holy Lord, we thank you for your word, how it brings life to us, inspires us. Prepare us to receive that word. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Our gospel reading today is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 18 through 23. I will be reading from the New International Version. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send, out and send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. This is the word of the Lord. Before I start, I just want to say what a wonderful gift it is to have the nursery school here as a part of this, uh, of, at this church. I, I just love all the work that hearing those, all those voices and all the good work of our teachers and the children. It is such a joy to have that. We all follow something. Some of us follow ideas. Some of us follow political parties. Other of us follow dreams of fame and success. Some perhaps sports. Even the most independent-minded of us still follow something. I have a good friend who is quite extraordinary. He is sharp, eloquent, a persuasive speaker, a good friend through and through. In his early 30s, he suffered from an early onset of macular degeneration, which caused him to lose his sight. Yet he didn't let, allow that to stop him. He entered law school and graduated with honors. One of his professors was the DA, district attorney of Seattle, who commented that my friend could focus and had a presence in court where the other students were constantly referring to their notes. When I was going through a hard time, it was this friend who was there for me when many others 
seemed to pass by. He asked me to trust him. Trust him on a new adventure that he had. And my friend, I must tell you, has a tendency to be drawn into get-rich-quick schemes. He assured me that I would make more money, much, much more than I had put in. He convinced me to put my money into his care. And the next 10 months were probably the most stressful within our relationship. It also strained my relationship with my wife. Now our friend did manage to get us back the money that we had invested. But it never matriculated into the wealth and riches which he promised. I still consider him a good friend. I will never forget how he came beside me. However, I learned how money can strain a friendship. My friend is incredibly intelligent. He is caring. He is a good person. His character I do not question. It was the plans that he followed which came into question. In today's passage, Jesus calls the first disciples to follow him. Jesus promises to make them fishers of people. Peter and Andrew were casting their nets into the Sea of Galilee. James and John were in a boat with their father, Zebedee. Fishing was an honorable profession. It did not make you rich, but it fed you and your family and provided food for many people. These disciples were following in the footsteps of their parents and grandparents. It is quite incredible that they picked up everything and followed Jesus. As a parent, I wonder how Zebedee felt when his sons left in order to follow a miracle worker. Would we be so understanding if our, parent, if our children left a good profession in order to follow a religious faith healer? To a rational person, it must have seemed foolhardy. And yet, they followed him. When I had followed my friend into his plan, I knew his character. I knew that I could trust him. But did the disciples know Jesus? What did they have to go upon? There was something special about Jesus. There must have been in order for them to drop everything that they had in order to follow him. 
And that is what Matthew makes clear to us. For this Jesus was unique. The Old Testament tells us, land in Zebulun, land of Natali, on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in a region and shadow of death, light has dawned. In Jesus Christ, a new light had come. No longer would humankind live in darkness. For God's shining light had entered into the world. In Jesus Christ, those disciples witnessed a spark, something unique that they had not witnessed before. And this spark was the light of the world. Like that old Hank Williams song, I saw the light. I saw the light. No more darkness, no more night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow in sight. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. They saw the light. Jesus called his disciples to a new life. A life where they would no longer follow the dreams of their fathers. But he would lead them into a new life into a new world. He called them not to follow an idea, but to follow him. He called them into relationship with him. Just as he beckons to us to follow him into relationship. To turn away from the darkness of our sin. To see the light of the world. While I knew that I could trust my friend, it was his plan which was not so trustworthy. But in Jesus, we find not only someone we can trust, someone of great character, but also someone who has come to give us purpose. We know Jesus' character, for he preached to the poor and vulnerable. He reached out and touched lepers and the unclean. He showed God's compassion and mercy to those who had been disregarded and cast aside. He loved the righteous and unrighteous alike. He reached out to children and invited them into his arms. In Jesus Christ, we see the very character of God, for he is God, a God in whom we can trust. But more than that, we find a God who has a plan, a plan for each of us, a plan that it was created thousands of years before we even were born. A plan to save us from ourselves. Jesus can do the one thing that my friend could not. He can make good on his promises. Now Jesus doesn't promise us riches. He doesn't promise us an easy life. 
He doesn't promise, promise us success. He promises us life. But in order to find that life, to find our purpose in this life, we must follow him. And I must warn you, to follow him is not for the faint of heart. For those first disciples were called into a new way, a new life. Every single one of them faced imprisonment, beatings, stoning. Most of them lost their lives. But each one of them died professing that Jesus was God, was their Lord and Savior. They did become fishers of people. After Jesus died, they could have returned back to their regular lives. Forgot about what Jesus had said and done. But they didn't. They went on and created the largest religion and faith the world has ever known. All in the love of Christ. God had a new plan for humanity. In Christ, they didn't find a death. They found life. As John 1.4 says, in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. So friends, who are you following? And can it deliver upon its promises? Jesus is calling you. Calling you to a new life. Will you answer his call? Will you set aside your, not, your nets and follow him? on this crazy adventure we call faith. He doesn't promise you riches. He doesn't promise you success. But he does promise you life. All praise be to all the faithful who have cast their nets aside and answered Christ's call.